Bad news, everyone. The media keeps lying through sins of omission and commission where they leave stuff out. Sometimes they just outright lie. Good news, they're busy putting themselves out of business. Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of miscreants. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Chris Martinson of Peak Prosperity. I am your information scout. I am here to save you some time. I go through, I scour the world's news endlessly, and then I spend time wrestling it into shape, understanding it, and presenting it. So hopefully you can learn something from it. Hey, agree with me or disagree with me, I ask that you just listen, and then if you do disagree, bring the data. Today we're going to talk about this. The media keeps killing itself. This is a really important story to understand because this is one of the ways in which our country, our lives are being diminished, if not destroyed. It's very important we get stuff right. So this is the odious Taylor Lorenz displaying zero self-awareness as she talks about the implosion of her precious industry. Let's listen in. Our journalism industry is basically in a free fall. Today, the Los Angeles Times laid off 115 employees. They wiped out their entire D.C. bureau in an election year. They laid off pretty much all of their sports teams. They killed their entire tech and business section. They laid off breaking news writers, social media editors. The list goes on. But what's really dark is this is just the latest in months and months and months of layoffs in the media industry. In fact, tens of thousands thousands of journalists have been laid off in the past year. Major media companies like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. Time Magazine also just laid off a ton of people and oh, Sports Illustrated basically shut down last week. Pretty much the entire digital media ecosystem that myself and a lot of other millennial journalists came up in has been completely hollowed out. And it's not just digital media sites. Local news has been obliterated. The newspaper industry is cratering. Radio is essentially dead aside from NPR, which has been gutted. Meanwhile, hundreds of workers at Condé Nast, the parent company of pretty much every major magazine from GQ to Vogue to The New Yorker to Vanity Fair are on strike because they're also facing impending layoffs. Even mainstream national media outlets owned by billionaires like The Washington Post where I work and The Atlantic where I used to work have done layoffs. If you're a young journalist today, there's almost no on-ramp to traditional journalism. That's enough. <laughs> okay, first question. First question Our is... Journalism and um, why does she talk like that? She's 43. She talks like a 17 year old. Like this is a, this is an affected talking style. Drives me nuts. Cause you don't have to talk that way. You don't have to talk that way. See, I can make myself talk that way. It's just anyway, time to grow up. Um, but, uh, so she's talking about the fact, yeah, LA times slash 20% of its newsroom staff is the paper confronts a financial crisis. Nobody wants to pay for your propaganda. It's weird. People aren't reading anymore. So you're going to blame it on the millennials. Oh, they just don't read anymore. Um, maybe, but that's not entirely all of the story as well. Uh, you know, widespread. Uh, we see here that media workers are striking to protest the layoffs. See how that works out for them. At New York Daily News, Forbes and Condé Nast, uh, 200 workers at the Washington Post also got the axe. Uh, that's by Jeff Bezos's uh, little private rag there and accepted buyouts in the entire staff at Sports Illustrated. Doubtful that has anything to do with the fact that they stopped putting uh, what you'd call conventionally attractive females on the front of its swimsuit edition. Probably had nothing to do with that. Listen, it does have a lot to do with that. The woke propaganda, gaslighting, lying, and all of that stuff has finally caught up with the industry of news. And what's surprising to me about this is that rather than noticing that 
These are self-inflicted wounds that are correctable. Rather than saying, hey, maybe we should make a course correction and produce things that people actually would want to pay for, I'm a very successful purveyor of information at this point because I tell people real stuff that passes the sniff test. You can tell it's it's like it's I might not be totally right all the time, but I try my best, but it passes the truth test. Their stuff doesn't even remotely pass the truth test. I'll show you. Let's go. There. I mean, let's look at it. It's it's pretty intense, right? Um, Business Insider laying off 8% of its staff. Paramount. Paramount warned employees the company's planning a fresh round of layoffs. Now, why could that be? Why is this happening? It's happening because of junk like this, right? This just came out in the Telegraph a couple days ago here in January of 2024. It says, carbon footprint of homegrown food five times greater than those grown conventionally. <laughs> hey, if you don't want to face future layoffs, the Telegraph, here's a pro tip. Stop the gaslighting, stop the lying, and stop doing this. I mean, it's just just conventionally grown food, of course, obviously. Maybe it has a lower carbon footprint, but it has a horrifying Roundup footprint and a horrifying neonicotinoid pesticide footprint and a horrifying destruction of the soils, converting them into barren, sterile dirts and a horrifying impact on uh, the dead zones in all of the Gulf of Mexico and other coastal areas. It's like it's a it's a destructive practice. And you want to come forward and tell me that people growing veggies in their backyard is five times worse than conventional ag. Yeah. F you. Okay, nobody wants that. Nobody. I would not. I. I. Not only do I not want to pay you to read garbage like this, I need you to pay me for the damage you did. I'm gonna have to un- get this crap out of my head, right? Okay. So, media confidence. It's like it's industry wide. It's matches its 2016 record low is the comp- kindest they could put it. That's the Gallup headline writers like. Okay, how how do we spin our results here? Because these came from October of 2023. Uh, they're like, how can we, uh, let's see, let me get my drawing tool out so I can do all this with you, right? Yep. October of 23. And they said, well, con- confidence matches record low. Said reading through third, although trusted media currently matches the historical low, it was statistically similar in 2021 at 36%, although now it's 32% and in 2022, which is at 34%, even though it's now 32% say they can trust. Another 29% of adults have not very much, but here's why the headline was misleading. While a record high 39% register none at all, what? This nearly 4 in 10 Americans who completely lack confidence in the media is the highest on record by one percentage point, and it is 12 points higher than the 2016 reading. So that, like, the amount of confidence people have kind of matches where it was in 2016. But the amount of people who have no confidence smashed all new records. So part of the reason, headline writers, that we have no confidence in you is because of misleading headlines like this one. The headline I would have written is that distrust, zero faith in the media is at an all-time high. It's a record high. Now... Why is that happening? I don't know, probably because of stuff like this. Who remembers this, right? Fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. This is, I didn't, like at the time, I couldn't believe I was seeing this screen capped it. Uh, these are, you know, Kenosha's literally burning in the background and CNN runs the lead down there. The says, yeah, fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. Right. Um, and, and, <laughs> and of course, uh, th- this is just, th- 
why they're failing is, is should be zero mystery to anybody. Now, this is kind of interesting because what we're talking about here is, is a series of tactics, right? This is designed, I believe, to dog whistle to their own tribe. But it's, it, this is really, this is a demoralizing thing to read, particularly when you read other things like January 6th, worst day in U.S. history. I'm like, worst day in U.S. history, right? That's a literal headline that came out of a bunch of media outfits, right? And I'm thinking, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, Battle of Gettysburg. Uh, you know, there, I can think of worse days, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, it's just we're losing faith because they have obvious bias. Now, this is part of the story. So I want to talk to you about this because uh, we put together, we, that's Brett Weinstein, Peter St. Ange, Ed Dowd, and myself put together a webinar series, and it's a three-part webinar series. Part one, episode one, was understanding why. Why are the power elites doing what they do? Why do the media do what they do? Why are the Davos crowd doing what they do? That's part one. That's why. But part two, which just came out live a few days ago, is how. How do they go about doing this? And we discussed all kinds of things, right? We discussed media lies, which we're discussing right now. And I have many more examples coming up for you in just a few minutes, in a few seconds here. Divide and conquer. This is the whole rats in a cage. It's a tactic they use. They want us fighting each other, right? And they set up conditions so we fight each other so we don't notice what's the true source of the problems. They want us fighting this way. They don't want us looking that way, right? Um, we discussed things like censorship, which we will be discussing here today in, for, in greater depth. We discussed nudge units, psychological operations that collectively come together under the banner of something called fifth generation warfare, where the target is your sense of perception itself, where they want you to be confused. They want you to go into a situation where you literally trust nobody and nothing, not even your own senses, right? Now with the world of deep fakes and AI and bots, I don't even trust that what I'm seeing anymore is real. It's like, that's a cognitive crisis that's going on and they're doing that to us on purpose. We have science trademark, right? We discussed that as a unit and as well, baffling medicine. So these are all things that we just, oh, and word salad, one of my favorites. Word salad is where they take and strip away the meanings of words by redefining them for us. So what is equity anymore? What is a woman? What do you mean herd immunity? What is a vaccine? We have to redefine that by constantly changing the words from out from under us rather than coming up with a new word. It destroys the ability for people to communicate with each other. So we discussed all of this in great depth. This is a wonderful two hour long webinar. It's awesome. If you want to get that webinar as a standalone, you can come to Peak Prosperity and get it. However, let me point something else out to you. If you come to Peak Prosperity, you get all of all of my content. And if you are a yearly subscriber, that webinar is free. By the way, here in, uh, uh, we're at the end of, towards the end of January, when we added up what we did at Peak Prosperity in the first 26 days, 21 days, we had, um, in the first 26 days, we had 26 pieces of content, 21 separate lines of content. Um, and by the way, there you go. If you want to see not just part one, not just part two, but also part three, plus get access to all that content that I'm kicking out, which is like this. If you like this content and context, you really want to be a subscriber at Peak Prosperity. By the way, all three of those are free if you become a subscriber. Now, back to the story. Listen, I like this. Fact checkers really didn't exist until the truth started to come out. And that created a problem for the keepers of the narrative. Right. And I look, I wouldn't mind if the keepers of the narrative actually were doing a good job. Like, listen, you know, we, we really have to we can't have any hesitancy when you really need people doing these things, because if they did these things, awesome stuff would happen. 
But we don't have that. We have like the keepers of the narrative. We're not getting any healthier, right? We're not getting any happier. We're, we're, we're not getting, you know, any wealthier as the Federal Reserve prints us into oblivion and the government spends us into oblivion. Our borders are totally wide open and insecure. Our ecosystems are crashing. Like if they were doing something with all this great power to totally control the narrative, I might have a different think about this. Probably not, but I might. But the fact of the matter is, is that all of these fact checkers and other keepers of the narrative are just maintaining a narrative that is pure fiction and that really doesn't work for the average person even slightly. So this is um, this is how they put uh, they you know all sides looks at the fact check fact check bias chart. It's like most of them are in the center, but some of them lean a little bit left. CNN obviously very left. But that's okay. It's balanced by the National Review. You know, there's nobody in the lean right category there. They're either center or left. That's BS. This is how it actually is. <laughs> you got to shove everything way over to the left. And over there, on, and I put one more category beyond very left. I call it deranged. Oh, we put a D over there. That would include all of the social media companies down there. You got to put Wikipedia on there and you got to start slapping in all of the mainstream media outlets that exist as well in there today, right? So this isn't just the fact checkers. Everything is either left, very left, or deranged in this story. That's how I see it at this point in time. Now, just to show you what it means, here, let me give you an example. So uh, in the context of the overall COVID thing, I got PolitiFact checked several times, but this one is instructive. Episode 58, there's the title. I was just reviewing a Danish study, right? bad news. It turns out that these things listed there, they don't save lives, right? And I say these things coyly because, again, if this is going up on YouTube, that'll get censored. <clears throat> uh, so at any rate, this is this is how PolitiFact put it. They said, oh, um, we're going to fact check these claims about this Danish study. Uh, and here was the fact check. And it says, if your time is short, bullet point one, this doesn't accurately reflect the study. This meaning my my video which has not been peer-reviewed. Medical experts have noted that the findings are limited and that more research is needed. Oh, not peer-reviewed. Oh, no, not like those Pfizer studies. <laughs> if you haven't lost complete faith in the peer-review system, it means you haven't spent enough time looking at it. All right, bullet point two. In the study, researchers use clinical trial data to see if any effect different COVID-19 vaccines had on reducing deaths from all causes, not just COVID-19. And it found that Adenovirus vaccines like J&J &J and AstraZeneca appeared to protect against non-accident, non-COVID-19 deaths, while mRNA vaccines didn't have much of an impact. The research didn't conclude that the vaccines were ineffective at protecting um, people from dying of COVID-19. That's not what I said. I did not say anything about the vaccines. I said they don't save lives. This is an all-cause. I didn't say that. So here... I got fact-checked, and they say the research didn't conclude that the vaccines were not effective at preventing deaths from COVID-19. That's not the conversation we were having. At any rate, this is my fact-checker, uh, Samantha Putterman, Pewterman, Put, Pew, Putter, Putterman, Pewter, Putterman. Anyway, she majored in journalism and media studies at USF St. Petersburg. So obviously, we're up against a, just a keen scientific mind here. Um, and this was the setup, you know, they said all this stuff a, a former pharmaceutical financial analyst founder, blah, 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 was flagged as part of Facebook's efforts to combat false news. 
PolitiFact reached out to Peak Prosperity for comment, but did not hear back. That's because they reached out through my through my contact us at my website and didn't like like didn't didn't actually reach out through my email or anything like that or Twitter or any other place. Um, it went into our our contact file, which gets seen uh, about once a week, and unfortunately, they demanded an answer within you know the next few hours. So it just didn't have uh, work out. At any rate, this is the actual study. This is this is the interesting part. So if you see here with these mRNA things, overall mortality, this is the line where if you were on this side of it, there was a benefit. And if you were on this side, there was a harm. There was no benefit. The, if you had vaccines, nothing happened to your all-cause mortality. It didn't change it, didn't make it worse, didn't make it better in the construct of this study. However, cardiovascular deaths, a little bit worse as we now know, right? Uh-oh, you know, and, and so what I said was absolutely 100% factually accurate. 100%. Stand by it to this moment, right? Um, that's how I roll. Um, so at any rate, um, you know, they said here in their big debunking all the way at the bottom, you know, but when looking at COVID-19 mortality rates specifically, the picture changes. Like, yeah, if you look at this one little dot down here, right? You know, if you look at this one little dot down here, yep, right? But that wasn't the point. The point was to say, overall, nothing happened. You see that? That's a zero. That's a zero. No change. No benefit. No benefit. But we can clearly see risk here from cardiovascular deaths. So now we can begin to parse through this and say, well, if there's no overall benefit for all people, and there are cardiovascular deaths, then we clearly wouldn't want to give these things to people who have almost statistically a zero risk from COVID. That's just makes sense, right? Obviously. All right. So I got PolitiFact checked, right? Um, you know, and they had this whole ruling, we rate this as false and all that stuff. So that's the game, right? And of course, it was complete bunk. Here's another example. Propaganda. Strict, straight up propaganda, New York Times style. So this was from, looks like October, sorry, August 1st, 2022, New York Times, how some parents changed their politics in the pandemic. They were once Democrats and Republicans, but fears for their children in the pandemic transformed their thinking, turning them into single issue voters. Oh, no. Some thinking converted these people into something, not a Democrat or Republican. What were they? Let's find out. It sounds, sounds bad. Uh, Shira Frankel, who did some of the worst reporting for the, I mean, just worse, just awful, like like soul crushing four more karmic revolutions to work that stain off your soul kind of stuff, like really bad. Um, look at this. She wrote, Ms. Longnecker and her fellow objectors are part of the potentially destabilizing new movement. Parents who joined the anti-vaccine and anti-mask cause during the pandemic narrowing their political beliefs into single-minded obsession over those issues. They're thinking hardened. Even as COVID-19 restrictions and mandates were eased and lifted, cementing in some cases into a skepticism. <clears throat> this is propaganda. Those are all leading, emotionally leading terms. Look how many of them there are just in that first paragraph. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hey, here's a tip from New York Times. People don't want to pay for their propaganda. They think it should be free. I'm one of them. I don't want to even pay you a single dollar for crap like this. This is not this is not an article. This is propaganda. Propaganda is emotionally evocative copy that is designed to elicit a very specific political response in somebody or an, an objective outcome. 
this is leading. And everybody knows it, and the people who are on the side of it, they like this, it feels good to them, but to people who are maybe in the middle or undecided or maybe not sharing this worldview, this is abrasive and abusive. This is full-blown narcissistic meltdown crap right here. And guess what? People don't want to pay for it. Fact-checking at the AP. I got fact-checked at the AP a lot. It happened. A lot of people did. Who were the AP fact-checkers? Well, I like to I like to check in on the fact-checkers. I'm a fact-checking checker kind of guy. Look what we have here. Barbara Whitaker. Getting a read off of Barbara just from her picture, because that's the nicest picture they could find, I'm sure. But I, I'm getting a sense that it's like, well, let me speak to your manager. I'm getting that kind of a vibe off of her, right? But she manages the overall team. But, you know, what did she do? 30 years in journalism. Okay, she could have learned a lot there, possibly. Um, New York Times, Philadelphia Inquirer, New York Newsday, uh, Dallas Morning News. Also taught a lifestyle journalism class while editing for the AP on contract in Warsaw, Poland. So all journalism, but that's okay. When you're doing fact-checked on scientific stuff of national public health importance, of course, you're going to assemble the best team you can. Here's her team, Ruth Brown. Um, she is a Bachelor of Arts degree in politics from La Trobe University. So getting a vibe. Uh, let's see. Oh, Beatrice Dupay, one of my favorite people. Uh, fact-checked the heck out of uh, some of us here on, on during the COVID days. She worked for Teen Vogue, <laughs> journalism degree with a minor in French, obviously qualified to begin weighing in on the subtleties of medicine and public health. Uh, Arietta here, uh, let's see, BA in literature and politics, MS in journalism from Columbia. Uh, let's see, Ali Swenson, we have here a journalism degree and a degree in psychology from Loyola. And here we've got Angelo with a journalism degree. So those are your fact checkers. That's what they do. And when we look at the censorship industrial complexes laid out by Michael Schellenberger, here, let me full screen that for you. So I'm not in the way. Um, you see here, you've got government, you've got foundations, you've got big tech, you've got NGOs. I've circled the fact checkers there at about the three o'clock, three thirty zone there. And then you've got, um, what do you got there? Uh, these are your um, think tanks down there. Yeah, think tanks, uh, academic institutions, and for-profits, right? So you got all these things, and together they come together to reinforce the narrative. But I noticed they left something out. I'm going to have to talk to Michael about this, which is media, the mainstream media, who commit lies of omission and commission. And by the way, the way this whole circle jerk works is, you know, the media starts the lies, the fact checkers reinforce the lies, the NGOs promulgate the lies, and the big tech censors anybody who's not going with the lies, and the government, you know, on and on and on. But what they don't care about is the truth. And so what's interesting is that the recent Davos meeting, we had this woman here who is the executive editor at the Wall Street Journal said this. Oh, hold on. Hang on. I got to get my do 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 do. Nope. Turn that off. Here we I go. I think there's a very specific challenge for the legacy brands like the New York Times and like the Wall Street Journal. I mean, interestingly, when there's a big big news event, a big world event, people still come to the legacy brands. We still have a lot of trust. But I think you only have to go back. I think I think we have to maintain that trust and we have to work at maintaining it in a way that we didn't have to do not so long ago. So if you go back really not, not that long ago, as I say, 
we kind of we owned the news. We were mm. the gatekeepers, gatekeepers, and we very much owned the facts as well. If it said mm. it in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, then that was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news, and they're much more questioning about what we're saying. So, it's no longer good enough for us just to say this is what happened or here's what, here's this is the news. We have to explain our, almost like explain our working. So readers expect to understand how we source stories. They want to know um, uh, how we go about getting stories. They, we have to sort of lift the bonnet, as it were, and in a way that newspapers you know, aren't used to doing and explain to people what we're doing. We need to be much more transparent about how we go about collecting the news. <laughs> this is how far out to lunch these people are. She literally has no idea what the problem is. None. She thinks, well, we used to own the facts and we liked it then because we just said whatever and you just all had to accept it. But now people like, I don't know, they can go to these other sources and, and they want us to explain how we got somewhere. Like, no, lady, it's really simple. You know what we want? We don't want propaganda. Okay, just stop. Just stop with the emotionally evocative leading terms and all that crap. This ain't, this isn't journalism. This is fanfic, propaganda, emotionally overwrought writing, right? We don't want any more of that. But then... You know, it's, it, I source everything. We Yeah, we would like to know how you came to your conclusions, but but you don't. You, you don't. The problem is, like, you know how, you, if your whole industry is dying and people are getting laid off everywhere, you might at some point, lady, sit down and go, well, who who has the opposite experience? Is everybody dying? But wait a minute. There are all these independent people over here. Glenn, Glenn Greenwald seems to be doing well. Tucker Carlson's doing great. Joe Rogan's doing really good. Uh... We see a lot of these people over there doing really well. What are they doing? Oh, they're providing full context. They're not treating their audiences like they're idiots. They are not simply water-toting sycophants for big state, right, and deep state, you know, activities. They're not there to maintain the narrative at all costs. They actually will think and reason. So even, even a simpleton could reason through that it doesn't make sense to a vaccine in a child who bears almost no zero risk from that disease. Yet Harvard still can't figure that out, right? So there's something really wrong here, but it's just fun to listen to this lady because she's um, she obviously doesn't get it. Taylor Lorenz doesn't get it. It's just fun for me. These are salty, sweet-tasting crocodile tears I'm going to be shedding as, as I watch them struggle with this cognitive dissonance of not understanding why don't people trust us and what's going on? Something must be wrong with them. Like they're just such narcissistic blowhards that they can't even like reason their way through that maybe it's them, but they would do this must be you. People are demanding that we source stuff now. It's just, I don't know. It's very troubling. I don't get it. Right. So sooner or later, you just have to wake up to the fact that it's not them. It's you. Right. So the media, anyway, I'm going to enjoy watching the implosion because they did it to themselves and they deserve it. The media was supposed to be the gatekeepers who were going to prevent this from arising. They were supposed to be our fourth estate. They didn't. They just sucked right up to this whole thing and just became part of it without nary a peep. No pushback. Just sucked right into that. Just part of this. And now they're like, well, I don't understand why the public doesn't trust us because the public ain't part of that. This doesn't serve the public. This whole thing right here is designed to, in every single example I can tell you about, take more power, more freedom, 
more liberty, more happiness, more joy away from the people so that these folks can have jobs or something or feel powerful or something. But objectively, they can't even tell you that their vision of the world is working out, right? So people are finally waking up and we're seeing this all over the place. This is interesting. So this is my final example. I think you'll like this. So this is a bunch of truckers getting together, other people, whole lines going down to Texas. Hold it. I'm going to have to turn that music way down or I'm going to get DCM, you know, um, that's going to cost me. So I hope that little snippet didn't do too much there. Um, maybe we'll we'll see if we can edit that out. But uh, so people who no longer are happy with having completely insecure borders where we have God knows who coming over the border, right? Whether they're just tired, the hungry, the poor, but there's millions of them or whether it includes sleeper cells of, you know, disaffected young males from countries that are on certain lists because the United States maybe has been bombing them for a while, that this is what's happening. This is a big deal. You know what it means when a trucker like decides to take a whole week off, take the rig, put the fuel in, drive from somewhere to come and support this? It's a big deal. It's showing you that there is a huge amount of support for this. This is a really big issue. This is now number one on the voters' minds. Number one issue, surpassing inflation, is this. It's the border crisis. It's a big deal. And whenever you see this many people showing up, this is newsworthy. This is what news should be covering. Wow, look at that. Go down there, talk to them. You know what's fascinating? You do if you go and you talk to these people, you're going to find out that they are ordinary people, very thoughtful. They've got fully formed thoughts about this. They're reasonable. They're actually legitimate uh, thoughts that, that, that anybody should have, right? Legitimate concerns, love for their country, love for each other, and wanting to do the right things. Nothing wrong with immigration, as we've said, but migration, totally different project. So people are waking up. Now, what does that mean? Well, when we go to the Wall Street Journal, uh, that that video came out yesterday. This is the Wall Street Journal from today. Literally nothing on here. Nothing. This is a zero. Zero about, as far as you would know reading this, there's no trucks going to Texas. There's no large groups of people who care about something. Same thing if you went to Bloomberg. There is nothing on here. Whole front page completely devoid of this. Just like we have complete... See anything about the German protests on there? Anything about French? Yeah? No? Me neither. These are the things they don't want you to know about, don't want you to talk about. This is why their media industry is dying. Because we know this. We know that they are committing these sins of omission when they're not committing the overt lies of commission by just straight up and out lying to us. They're busy not telling us about the stuff that's actually important. New York Times, of course, nothing on here. Of course, nothing there. Another sin of omission. But... They will cover this, right? Protesters carrying Nazi flags and white supremacist imagery gather outside. Today. This is in Houston, right? I read all about this. Um, CNN reported on it. They're like protesters. Dude, I can count. That's four. You see that? There's four people on there. Two on the left, big sign, two on the right. That's four. That's not protesters. We can barely get the S on the end of that word to make it a plural. Four. And you know what I see? I don't see four pro white, white supremacists. I see... Two FBI informants, one FBI agent, and an autistic guy. That's probably what we got going on here, right? I mean, it's just like this is total setup again. This is, I mean, this is just stupid. But this is what they want you to think is important while they're busy not telling you about this. See the difference? 
And this is also, this is a sin of commission to tell you like that this is important. This is not important. Four people on a bridge is irrelevant, especially when you didn't get your butts down there and talk to them to find out who they are and see if they have any statements because I guarantee you they would scurry away and they wouldn't. You know why? Because FBI informants and FBI agents don't like giving statements to the press. That's how I see it. And by the way, you know, this is the thing they're trying to jam down our throats. You know, as we talked about, um, you know, oh, no, your your garden makes five times more carbon than conventionally grown food. This is your conventional food pyramid. You got microplastics on the bottom. You got all those seed oils, which are just busy killing you. You got bugs coming up next. I guess then we're into the soy milk. And, of course, right at the top, antidepressants. I mean, this is we're just absolutely killing ourselves. And the idea that a garden is somehow the enemy in this story, that's why we say F you with that. Just get out of here. But of course, the media is dying as a result. And it couldn't happen to a worse group of people or a nicer group, depending on how you use that phrase. Yay, the media is dying. Good. I'm a little bit self-interested. Creates more room for people who do like to come out, give context, and tell the complete story. So again, if you like stories like this, if you like complete context, and I know you do because you've watched all the way to the end here, Please consider coming by for a Peak Prosperity membership. You are going to love this particular webinar is extraordinary. The first one is extraordinary. The whole series is extraordinary. We're going to keep doing special features like this for our membership. Peakprosperity.com slash membership gets you there. Sign up and you will have access to this webinar and other ones that we are going to be producing this year, as well as content that I'm putting out all the time, almost every day. So, with that, thank you very much for listening. Can't wait to continue this story with you at some future point in time. Please come by Peak Prosperity. Love to see you there. In the meantime, don't fall for the BS. Propaganda, lies, censorship, all of that. This is the bane of our existence. In fact, these people who are promoting these things are destroying and harming the country. With that, it's been great being here with you today. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye.